Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Hello, and welcome to the Powwow Live Podcast. Thank you for being here. I am excited to bring you this interview with Jennifer Younger, a tinglet artist, and I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from her. But a couple of housekeeping and announcements first. Don't forget... If you are looking to experience native culture this year, please check out our powwow counter because we are adding tons of powwows every week. Powwows are back in full swing here in 2023. So go check it out at powwows.com slash calendar and you can find all the information there or join our newsletter and I'll send you twice a month. I send out all the new listings on the calendar and the upcoming listings for the next three months. You can do that at powwows.com slash powwows near me. And that's all one word, lowercase, powwows near me. Also, don't forget, we've got a contest going on for the rest of the month of January. Don't miss out on your chance at two Pendleton blankets and a set of Pendleton mugs. powwows.com slash win. Always that, that URL is always the same for any of our contests. So always go to powwows.com slash win and make sure you get entered in our latest contests. You may have seen her work and not even realize that she's been featured in Vogue and several other magazines. And for me, the big Disney and Marvel fan, her designs were in She-Hulk. The Hulk was wearing a t-shirt with her designs on it. So you, you've probably seen it and not even known it was her designs. A little bit about Jennifer. She is Tinglet and was born and raised in Southeast Alaska and she grew up in, you know, surrounded by nature and really a traditional way of life. So she has drawn from that upbringing to, you know, bring those historical artifacts, her spruce root basket weaving uh, that she learned as a child and take all that and the tinglet form line designs. If you, if you know anything about uh, the Northwest style, the form line designs of, of, of you know, you traditionally see them, the the ravens and the whales and things like that. And she weaves all that in to her metalwork and, and now even on to leather and jewelry and other things. And so she takes her tradition, traditional learnings and puts that into modern art. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, a quote from her on her website that I thought really shed some light into her style. She says, I am fulfilling my dream of pursuing something related to traditional tinglet art while having the freedom to express my own style. I think that's really cool when tradition meets modern art. I love it. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jennifer Younger.
so you you're kind of known for taking your your traditions, your tribal traditions, and weaving them or weaving them into jewelry, boots, and other things. How did you get started in in using you, these designs into your artwork, and, and how did you get started in artwork at all? I, you know, my grandmother was removed from her culture and raised in a residential school. So we didn't grow up being immersed in our Clinket culture. And in my young adult life, I started wondering what I could do and learn so that we didn't lose that. Um, part of our heritage. So I, um, I wanted to learn some art form that I, something that I could pass down to my children. We did of course live like a subsistence lifestyle and that kind of thing. But I was trying to find something meaningful to me that I could pass down. And I, started doing spruce root basketry, learning from a renowned weaver here, Terry Rothkar, who's no longer with us, but I had the opportunity to learn with her. And I loved it. It's a lot of work. Um, I am by no means a master (laughs) of that art, Um, but I knew what it took and all the work that it took to collect roots and process them and to create just a very small basket. And, you know, I learned it, but it just didn't capture my interest. And I kind of set that aside and was still kind of searching for something that would connect me, um, like I said, to my Clinket heritage. And I saw this opportunity um, through the State of Alaska Council of the Arts Um, a very small grant opportunity where it just paid a master artist a very minimal amount to work with me for a couple of weeks. And I reached out to um, a metal artist, Nicholas Galanin, and he agreed to kind of show me the ropes. And once I started doing that, I just fell in love with it. That was about 10 years ago. Um, I worked with him and then following, I worked with his dad who became more like my uncle, which was really cool. Cause a lot of women aren't accepted in the carving world. I mean, things are changing now right. and that's great, but you know, it's a harder field to break into. And I fell in love with it. I'm pretty much, after about 10 years, still very obsessed. (laughs) Um, I use a lot of spruce roots and basket patterns in my engraving Mm -hmm. because it's my way of carrying that art form into the contemporary world um, to make it wearable art and kind of share that art form. Yeah, so that's how I got started. So it sounds like you you discovered art, your, your art, and your kind of calling into that a little later in life than, than yes. most. Um, so 
you know, growing up, did were you a creative person? You know, I, sometimes I interview people and, you know, they knew for right away as a kid that they wanted to do whatever. Um, but it sounds like this is something you kind of involved into later. Yes. Here, let me, can I update my, I'm going to try to reload. I feel okay. like my screen is frozen here. I don't, I don't think it really, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been interested in art. But as a young child, we lived like very remotely. We had no running water, no electricity. Um, so we spent a lot of indoor time um, drawing, maybe beading, um, just always something kind of crafty as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, into my adult life, like after graduating from high school, you know, I all through school, I did art, took art classes. I loved painting, just all forms of being creative. But I, at that time, I mean, this was what, early 90s. Um, I didn't think there was the opportunity to be an artist and have that be my career. Right. Um, so I went into um, an creative um, work at, the local IHS hospital and I just kind of kept working and I always had a good job and paid my bills, but I just never felt fulfilled. I felt like I was always searching for something else. The one part about that job that I really enjoyed was being able to help, you know, people in the rural communities around here. Um, but I was always searching and now like, I don't know, I've definitely, felt my own personal or fell upon my own personal passion and yeah that's cool that's cool i mean it's a different path for everybody right um now as the um marvel star or marvel's disney geek that i am i have to ask Uh, how did it come about that you got included you know in an episode of she hulk Oh my gosh, that was such a surprise. As you can see, I'm wearing my <laughs> my new Raven shirt. Uh, you know, and this is kind of a side project from what this design is actually supposed to be for. It hasn't been revealed yet, so there are surprises <laughs> to come. <laughs> um, gosh, last February, so almost a year ago, I was contacted by... Um, Eric at GNU, the founder, one of the founders. And we had already done this t-shirt and he had mentioned like, Hey, the possibility that they'll use it on the show. And I'm the kind of person that I have to just kind of put it out of my mind. Otherwise I'm going to be like, when does this happen? You know, I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> um, so that was February of last year. And it wasn't until August that, I think I was at Santa Fe Indian. Yeah. And it just suddenly was all over Facebook and Instagram. And so I'm not really sure how that all came about. Um, The collaboration with GNU, um, they reached out to me and we still have a project in the works. And Mm. um, on that note, collaboration is like one of the most inspiring 
and exciting things for me. I really enjoy working with other artists and, you know, just sharing other people's work as well. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, watching that episode, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, did I just see that? And then, so I'm, then I'm Googling like, wait a minute, who, where'd this come from? And that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's been, he's, you know, he has been active, um, in a lot of different, uh, areas of, of Indian country the last few years. So it was cool to see him, you know, incorporate that in, um, that was pretty neat. Um, and you know, I've, I've looked through your, your art and your designs are, you know, you, it's one of those things you can immediately identify with the, the part of the country and, you know, where your art comes from. Um, I, I love the designs from that part of the world. They, they are so distinctive. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just scrolling through your work here. Can, can you tell me about, you know, some of these patterns and, and what they mean and, you know, I, um, and kind of, I guess some of the stories behind some of the art? Well, when I, I remember when I first got an Instagram account, which I was very resistant to, <laughs> you know, I had an artist page on Facebook and I was like, oh, this is enough to, you know, keep up with, let's put it that way. But I was encouraged the, to, to get make the account. And I thought, you know, if I do an Instagram, it's going to be all about my artwork. I'm not going to post about anything else. And um, that really helped, I think, gain exposure for the work that I do. Mm-hmm. My, another kind of, I guess goal in my mind was to reach as far as I can. I guess I always kind of joked and said like, go global. And it's like, I'm going to keep working as hard as I can to go global. That meaning even just doing shows internationally, um, Instagram has really helped share my work and get customers internationally as well. Right. And one way of reaching a larger audience is there's a lot of people who are non-native and afraid to wear form line design because they don't want to be appropriating anything or wearing something that may be um, inappropriate for but I don't do any clan designs, which would be inappropriate for someone to wear if it's not your clan. I only do those if it's a custom request for that family. So all other designs that I sell are meant for non-native and native people to appreciate and share. But there are still people, we're all still learning and navigating that world. And one of my popular designs is a wild rose and you'll see a lot of those on my earrings engraved in my earrings and I feel like that's really helped grow my audience because I mean anyone can feel comfortable wearing a floral design right um and to me if one person um you know buys the wild rose dagger earrings and then they learn more about the artist. I guess my goal is to hopefully draw them in to Northwest Coast art 
and learn about all of the amazing artists that we have in this region. So it's just my little way of trying to like reach people, gauge over and draw them into my region. If that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> completely. And you know, I get the, I get that question a lot of uh, when I do promotions for um, our shop native directory or we're promoting different artists. I get that question a lot of, you know, where is the line of, where what can you know the the people reaching out and and are saying Mm -hmm. what's where's the line what can i wear what can i not wear um Mm -hmm. and and i get the question a lot you know and that's the response i'll say is like most things you're going to see being sold online are probably okay you know you just need to stay away from family designs clan designs um specific Mm -hmm. things that are you know related to just the one tribe or whatever of course the follow-up question is like well how do i know um and and you know, my response is always, well, if you buy from reputable sources, you're going to know, they're going to tell you that you can ask questions. Um, Mm -hmm. But with eBay and other things, I I think that gets a little confused because people are reselling and everything like that. So, I mean, any advice for you have for people that are looking to, you know, the non-natives or, uh, you know, folks internationally that are looking to, Mm -hmm. to get more into this type, this type of work, whether it be jewelry or, um, you know, even some of the, the t-shirts or hats or all this other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. how can they not be appropriating? I feel like the main thing is to not be afraid to ask those questions. Um, when people ask me, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they're asking and that they care. Right. I think that's the most important thing right there. And for me, honestly, I mean, that's the main thing I'm concerned about when I'm creating is trying to do the best job that I can for this traditional art form of form line and do it properly. That's what my mentor always told me. Do proper form line. You can do any design you want, but just do proper form line. So I'm in my back of my mind. I'm always trying to hopefully keep my ancestors and my elders proud of what I do. <laughs> right even if it's contemporary and kind of a little different than, you know, the traditional stuff. Um, But also not using any clan crests and anything like that. And hopefully the artists that are doing any kind of indigenous work are aware of that out of respect, you know? I I think what you said is so important that if somebody is asking the question that we've already won, right? Um, It's Mm -hmm. the people that don't care to even ask the questions. That's, that's where we need to do even more education. Um, So many times with our Facebook group or whatever there, um, there's some people that get upset because people ask questions and I'm always like, Hey, look, they may not word this the right way. They may not, you know, they, the wording they use may be not what you want to hear, but remember what they're asking. They're, they're coming here for education and, and that's the whole point, right? You know, and yeah. I love, I love hearing Absolutely. that. That's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. So, uh, 2023 is here and, uh, you know, I know you're, you're probably gearing up for more art shows and, uh, mm-hmm. exhibits or whatever. So where can we see you? Where can we find your work this year? Well, I'm very fortunate to be kind of have a backlog of custom orders and I have some very patient, awesome customers. <laughs> um, so that's why I haven't been able to really update much on my like website. 
So mostly people just message me if they're interested in something they see. And everything that I make is one of a kind. People will ask for something, but it's never going to be exactly the same just because what I do is freehand. Right. Um, but I, so people can message me and I'll be busily working on, you know, orders in my shop. But in between and taking breaks from that, I'm hoping to do, um, I'll keep a little element of surprise, but I'm hoping to do about four runway shows this year with some bigger wearable art metal pieces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds exciting. All right. And, and heading back to Santa Fe, I assume this year. I hope so. Yeah. That's on, that's on my list too. <laughs> Cool. And one thing I always ask artists is, um, you know, for, for people that want to get started and want to, you know, maybe try metal work or whatever, you know, where, how do they get started? Where, where, where can they turn for, for inspiration and guidance? Oh boy. I guess I would say reach out to someone in your area that you, if you admire their work, um, see if they'd be willing to work with you and you can apprentice with them. I would study the art form before engraving, do a lot of drawing. Um, I, I look at a lot of books of just maybe older collections and um, older work and try to study that a lot. Um, what else? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of threw myself into it and I'm still the kind of person that a lot of my tools are like handmade. And I'm like, if someone came into my shop, they'd be like, how do you even do this? <laughs> I'm a very minimalist kind of person. <laughs> well, for me, I, you know, I've, I've seen people do this type of work before. Um, uh, I've never tried it myself, but you know, with beadwork and some of the other things I've tried, I have that I'm okay yeah. at, you know, I'll know that I'll rip a piece out and tear up a bunch of beadwork because I didn't like it. Yeah. This, that kind of, what you do scares me because I'm just thinking, once you put it on metal, it's pretty much there. <laughs> There's no going back, right? right? There's no cutting like, out the last two rows. like a tattoo artist. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I could be a tattoo artist too. But then yeah. that's like ultimate scary right there. But no, for me, surprisingly, I haven't okay, I do not like to waste, you know? So I'm right. like, I haven't really messed up. I'm, you know, I keep saying I'm so fortunate and so, but I am in so many ways, but even in the, um, for my custom orders, most people will tell me elements of design that they want. And then they say, just do your thing. Mm -hmm. So I could start a piece and like, okay, this is kind of going in a whole different direction than I imagined. And I have that freedom to follow that. Or if I make like a little mistake, I can work it in and <laughs> no one will know. Uh, that must be what tattoo artists do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. They just have to hide their expression, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't let the people know that you messed up. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for spending a few minutes with us here. I, um, it's still amazing that you, uh, um, that you got, you're in, not just on Marvel show, but you've been featured all over the world, and that's really impressive. And so uh, excited to see these runway shows this year. So keep in touch with us and let us know where we can catch your work. Uh, and uh, thank you for spending some time with us. 
Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. So that's it for this week's episode of the Power Life Podcast. Thanks for being here and being a part of our episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Powers.com is your place to come experience, learn, connect, and explore all parts of Native culture. We're welcome to, we're open and welcoming to everyone. So thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed that that interview with Jennifer. Please go check out her work and look at some of her designs online. And I look forward to seeing you back next week for another episode of the Powell Life Podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Powell Life Podcast from Powell's.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.